The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. If somebody put in the effort to show like this person knows what we're about, I can see their skills. If it's marketing, it's very visual. If that's what you want to do, how are you going to make that company notice you? Yeah, you can't exactly. just say I'm applying on the seat. We get hundreds and hundreds of just resumes and cover letters, blah, 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 blah. The first one that looks different, that's the one I go, oh, let's have a look at this one. Hello, Sunshine, and welcome to She Was the Fire. It's time to stop dancing in the dark. Let's start your fire and ignite your spark. I'm your host, Courtney Mangan, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Season 3. Today, we have some special guests, another guest episode for you, and we're going to be talking all about women and their careers. But before we get into that, as always, if you could follow me on Instagram and tag me in your stories if you're listening, and don't forget to rate and review if you haven't done so already. Today, I have two special guests, one of which you've heard from before, Kelly Singh, and she was on this podcast, episode 222, Imposter Syndrome, and she was a very popular guest. You guys love hearing from her, so I thought I would bring her back, but this time I've brought her back with her business partner, Marie, who she spoke about a lot on that podcast. We've got Marie Phillips. Both of them are business owners of Third Base Palm Beach, Parkway Rabina, and soon-to-be Third Base Arundel. Both women have worked as employees, in management, and as an employee. So just like myself, we've worked across like the whole gamut of areas from being like just at the very bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder and everything in between. So we have a wide range of perspectives for you today when it comes to answering questions that you've sent through, which are all around being a woman in business, you know, navigating that whole male industry for some of you, um, you know, climbing the ladder, how to impress people at work, how to communicate with people at work, a whole bunch of stuff. And we also touch on a little bit, obviously we don't, the women, in the, as my guests, touch on being mums in the workplace as well. I obviously have nothing to contribute in that area. Um, but other than that, it's just a basic women in business and career type episode. All of the questions that we speak about today are from you the listeners. So hopefully you'll get what you want from this. We didn't get time to get around to them all. So if you do like this episode, please let me know and we will record another one. All right, let's welcome in Kelly and Marie. Well, welcome Kelly and Marie. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining me here in the studio, ladies. Nice to be back. Oh, yes. Nice to be here. First time round. Have <laughs> yeah. you been on podcasts before, Marie? I have, but very different oh, okay, topic. Then. Yes. Okay. Technology. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we're never getting into very that. Very boring. Very boring. <laughs> um, all right. So before we start every podcast, I always kick off with a fire starter song. So Kelly, you go first. What is your fire starter? Mine is Boss Bitch. It's from the Birds of Prey album. Oh, yeah, you're Harlequin. a big like yeah. um, Harlequin, mm. Margot Robbie from fan. From way right? back. Yes, you love that. That whole album pretty much, Girlboss Vibes. Love that. Great, what's yours? Matchbox 20, bit Which of song? a legacy song <laughs> with my daughter. Look how far we've come. Tell me what was ever really special about me all this time. But I believe the world is burning to the ground. Oh, well, I guess we're going to find out. I love, I love a bit of Matchbox 20. It's like a nice throwback. When I went around Europe, I had, that was the day when you had Discman's. Obviously, you're a little old like me, you'd know. Um, <laughs> oh, I had a cassette <laughs> 
So, but it was like you're traveling around Europe, so you have to keep it minimal. So I had like five CDs with me in Mashbox 20, more than you think you are. It's like one of the albums. So every song and time that one of those comes on, I'm like, why do I know every word to this? Like, because I listen to it on repeat for like six months. Um, All right, my song is actually topical at the moment Bang Bang by Jessie J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. like all seem to be having some awkward kind of Twitter beef at the minute. All right, well, let's ignite today's topic. So we're talking about women in business, career women stuff. But first, obviously, Kelly has been on this podcast before. So she was on episode 222. So we talked a lot about your business, Mm -hmm. um, which I've talked about already in the intro, but Marie is actually your business partner. She is my partner in crime. I mean business. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you two know each other and how you started a business together. Oh, wow. Well, we go way back um, to me interviewing this young lady when she was 21. Um, she walked in to become a marketing assistant to the technology oh, company. Young so little. <laughs> I'd actually had my melanoma cut out that day. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm. And um, it was between her and another young lady. And the, the winning factor was the way she answered the phone. And um, was that like a test? It's like answer the phone and see how they do it. Well, it was like, was. hello no. versus Hello, Kelly yeah. speaking. Oh, she had right, called like, oh, each okay. of us. Oh, I thought you meant like that in the like, interview there was like a photo to test. <laughs> <laughs> <Hello. laughs> so, yes, and then started a journey between the two mm-hmm. of us. Um, we had a bit of a break for five years. Um, we actually didn't see each other for five years. And then I rocked up to lunch with her and I said, why don't we start a business together? <laughs> haven't spoken <laughs> to each other for five years. Um, let's just... Make it happen, and That's she was coming eight up months to five years now yeah, as well. She was eight months pregnant. Yeah. Like, so I've got, little, I've got a bit going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah all right, right, sure. <laughs> I kind of looked past that. Went, ah, you'll soon get over that. <laughs> and you guys have lived together as well in the yeah. past, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we've done everything. <laughs> if there's anything on a list, we've done it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, okay, so Marie, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds. Like, where did you grow up? Schooling, you're studying in business, that kind of stuff. Okay, I grew up in Cornwall, in England. Um, no formal education, left school at 16, which was the only option where I grew up. Um, or, and you then married the guy who ran the garage or, you know, the baker or something like that. And most of my friends are still in the UK in the same area. Um, left the UK when I was 21, came backpacking around the world and ended up in Australia. Oh, wow. And then just kind of ended up getting into technology. I started as a receptionist with a tech company, then they moved me into sales and then the next 20 years was pretty much doing that. Um, Ending up running my own business in technology, um, which is where Kelly and I, um, we we worked together in that business. Uh, And then I sold that to Technology One back in 2015 and really just been kind of Filling in the gaps since that point in time. "Mm, Technology Mm. skills. (laughs) Let's open a cafe. (laughs) But realistically, that was my thinking is that, all right, I've started a business. We've grown it into something quite substantial. I wanted to test the business skills in a a different genre. (laughs) See if I could do something different. I love that. Challenge. It was a challenge. Yeah. And also just let's apply all the rules and see if it works in whatever industry that we select. And, And it certainly has. Very good. So just before we like move on too much, so you guys own Third Base and Parkway together Mm -hmm. and we have like another baby just about to like 
Mm. Not literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think this episode will be out just before Ooh, that opening. launches, the mm. opening. So tell us a bit about where that is, what it is. Um, it is our third venue. It's also called Third Base. So it's the, we joke, it's the second, third base, third venue, third base. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Arundel, Arundel Plaza. So right time. We're a year on from Parkway. We're coming up to five years at Palm Beach. Um Right location, coming on and off the highway, all the things we you look for. You know what for. it reminds me of? Um, I don't know if you remember years ago there used to be this pillow talk ad on the radio and there would be like everyone on the Gold Coast lives 10 kilometres or 10 oh. minutes from a pillow talk. Oh, yeah. I feel sure. like that's what you're doing with their base now. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Arundel's a really changing demographic and that's what we're attracted mm. to is that let's look at where there's a gap in the market Let's see how easy it is to get to the venue. Can I park? Can I drop in quickly? Can I pick up what I need? And you both are very hands-on with your business, so much so that Marie was has paint all over her glasses when she came in this <laughs> morning. fingers. She's been painting it around. Because you've just been, like, in there getting it done. So it's how's that been? Guess what Marie is doing yeah. today. Labor the of competition. Love. <laughs> people think when they come past, they, they think that she's one of the tradespeople. Like, when, when are these people opening this? She's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, that'd be me, but I won't be behind the coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly gets it done behind mm. with the customers at the counter. Yeah, well, look, we just do what it, whatever what it, it needs. You know, we were down yesterday just to meet up and it was really busy at Parkway. And, you know, we jump behind the till, we'd get some dishes done, whatever it takes. It's our business. And yeah. while we have really fantastic staff, we also sometimes need to jump in and just give them yeah. a hand and... Nurture it. That's very exciting. So the new one is around the corner. So mm-hmm. check that out in Arundel. All right, let's get into like the crux of what we're doing here. So today we're going to talk obviously about like all of us have had experience working as employees mm-hmm. and being employers. So we have sort of that mix. We've all worked in areas where there's a lot of male people, <laughs> like male-dominated <laughs> areas males. as well. So we have that perspective too. Um, so I just want to quickly have us all go through uh, like working kind of history mm. to give a bit of context. So Kelly, tell us about like just quickly the timeline for you. Yeah, well, straight out of uni, as Marisa, when I was 21, I applied for a job with her in a technology company as a marketing assistant. And that was a really great grounding for me, um, especially because it was Marie and knowing her now for 20-something years. 15 years, um, I really didn't appreciate being um, employed by such a strong businesswoman. <laughs> um, but after that, um, when I worked at Village Roadshow, the theme parks, obviously it's quite male dominated as well in the upper management. Um, and then I worked in a, a jewellery company that was owned by three brothers, so very male dominated as well. So um, yeah, I, I've got got to really see the difference between working for somebody like Marie as a strong businesswoman and working for men. Um, it's, it is, you know, worlds apart. Um, but now as an employer, I try to do the things that I wish I had had from other employers yeah. um, in terms of our staff. So... Okay. All right. And what is your, like, you was just the, did you do much before the technology stuff? Were you working for other people? Were they men, women? Oh, well, I was the, in the, the, the crux of the, the gender divide in the, in the late eighties, mid, all through the nineties. I mean, I used to work, I was the only female in a sales team, um, sales, marketing, engineering, um, across the country, uh, and it was a very interesting time because that was the early 90s. So I was in my 
20s um, and one of the most successful sales reps for this particular technology company, large American company. But I would be confronted with naked women on screensavers and we're all going for lunch. um, Okay, where are we going? Oh, we're going to go to Governor's Pleasure at the strip club. But you can come, bring your customers. You can maybe join in, you know. Oh, my God. Just imagine. Yeah, just I think it's really interesting for the generation now that don't really understand exactly what it was like to work in that sort of industry where it was, it was, there was no subliminal (laughs) sexual overtones. It was direct. It was completely, yeah, completely in your face. Didn't you get a lot of like, come and sit on my lap? (gasps) Yeah, come on. Oh, how did you get that deal? I'm sure (gasps) your top of your head must have hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the story. The story. Are you in marketing? Oh, no, actually, I'm the CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Who has your children when you're here? Oh, my God. Who has your children when you're here? Yeah. Yeah. So very, very stereotypical um, gender bias. But I think you just, to me, you didn't pay attention. You couldn't pay attention to it because it was just so constant um, that you just learn to navigate around it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll get into that a bit later in the episode. There's some questions from the listeners around women in the workplace and that kind mm. of stuff. Um, my history, just quickly, because if you haven't, I don't think I've really gone into it too much on this podcast, but I worked for straight out of school, a telemarketing company. Um, and I was just like, girl on the phones. And that was just like, I guess, 50-50 kind of women, men in that area. But then I was sort of worked my way up the ladder and I was like the youngest manager um, to be in that company. It was quite a large American company, but everyone was a man in the management team. Um, and everyone was really tall as well, which when you're <laughs> 20 and you're not tall and you're a woman is very intimidating. It's just that, I don't know what it is, but height sometimes gives authority. And so like, it was just that extra, like they were always like over the top of me kind of thing. And then the other companies that I worked for were all, I was again in management, but it was all male owned businesses. So I've worked like heavily in that sort of area with just men always being in charge constantly so and even here like although my business partner he's a man he's also tall so (laughs) still around it (laughs) um all right so that's basically my history kelly what did you study at uni um i studied bachelor of business with major in marketing and tourism all right so today's podcast is pretty much just going to be all campfire questions which is the new thing that i call listener questions we're going on brand um and so all of these have been sent in by the listeners and there was a lot so if we don't get through them all which we probably if you do respond to this episode, we might do a part two. So let's just kind of get into it. I've kind of broken them up into categories. And the first one is kind of like getting into your career and career progression. So there's a lot of questions around people like, how do you know what you want to do for the rest of your life? So that's like the first thing that was like the most common question that I was asked. You don't. And what do you guys think? You don't know. We didn't know we were going to have a cafe two months before we bought one. It wasn't <laughs> even a thought. Two weeks before we bought one. You know, we went yeah. to lunch there and went, this is for sale and now we're going to do this. So I don't even know what I'm doing for the rest of the day today. So <laughs> you tick. can't. What think, you have to yeah. do is just pick something you like and start doing it. And I think there's such an expectation, exactly what you just said about, well, where are you going to uni? Or what kind of job are you going to have? We've got such a stereotype now of I must succeed in everything I do, whereas it's okay to just not do anything for a bit. I mean, yeah. I, I left England at 21 and 
just bummed around the world for 12, 12 months. Wow. Actually, it was a bit longer than that. Not allowed <laughs> um, to do that at the moment. No, no, I know. And no internet. Oh, my God. No wow. TripAdvisor. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you didn't film your whole experience? No, you got on the bus that was the nicest looking one to go to the backpackers. And you couldn't even last year review at the cafe you went to oh. if they didn't have the couldn't coffee. Couldn't leave lights. anything. The only thing you left behind was your underwear. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think people have the message is really just chill out. Let life happen a bit rather than trying to constantly plan it and preempt it. Yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure, especially when you're just about to leave school, that you're going to choose one thing and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's not realistic. I think it was Sarah Davidson said, yeah, she said that like we have 12 to 15 jobs Mm -hmm. in our lifetime. Whereas I think that potentially our parents and grandparents, not only were they staying in the same industry, they were staying in the same business. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you get the watch when you've been there for 30 years and like all of that stuff. And that was what was prized then. But now it's about trying different things. And I think my recommendation would be if you are at uni, do internships and go and try lots of different things. There's a lot of our staff here who did internships and they they thought they were going to be like an in-house PR person. They wouldn't work for an agency. But then when they came here and did the internship, they were like, oh, actually, this is what I'd rather do. Or I'd rather get into influencer marketing or all these other different avenues. And they wouldn't have known that had they not tried different things. We would never have things. had a cafe if we didn't try it. And yeah. we love it. There, there was never on our radar for us to ever work and own a hospitality we business. We laugh at each other's like lifestyle business. Like, say, <laughs> with a me lifestyle covered in mud up to my knees, <laughs> gurneying <laughs> the pavement. Yesterday we're pulling a, a stainless steel bench off a truck and, you know, <laughs> shuffling it inside. Yeah. But I think there's so much pressure, as Marie said, for people to either finish uni or leave school and then, you know, sort of tick this brand box of I do this, 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 and this, and this is who I am, and this is who I'm presenting yeah, to the world on social media. Yeah. yeah, You don't have to. Just mm. do something that makes you happy, first of all. If it makes you little to no money, do something that then gives you enough money to, to get by while you're doing something that makes you happy. You, you honestly don't know where your life is going to take you um, and what's going to come out of it. So if you're doing something that makes you happy, at least, you're one step. Yeah, exactly. I think even for me, even within this business, which is my own, I've had so many different roles within this business. As we've grown and we've gotten more businesses, I've moved to the different area and that. And so I haven't even stayed in the same job in my own business within that time. So it's like, I think you just got to try different things and be open to the fact that things can change and that's okay. Mm. And you just got to go with where your heart tells you. But also I think it's important to know that work isn't everything. And sometimes making money nine to five is what it is. And you can't do what you're truly passionate about. Like you want to be a singer, that might not be Mm. possible. You want to be an air hostess, that might not be possible. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. It doesn't need to fill up your whole cup at work and you can do things you love outside of that with hobbies and other things that interest you as well. So don't be so tied down with your job being. The expectations are, yeah. I'm going to find my dream job. It's high paying, that it gives me the perfect working hours. I get to have the perfect co-workers. You know, it's sort of this picture perfect story. That's just not always reality for most people. Well, it's Oprah's fault. She was like, if you work in something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Like that. I love my job, yeah. but I work every fucking Absolutely. day. Absolutely. <laughs> but also the thing that we try and teach our staff is – be flexible. Open your mind. Don't mm. say, oh, it's not my job. Well, yeah. actually, 
just do it. Don't even think about it. If it needs to get done, just do it because what, you, what you'll what you learn is mm. you become far more flexible in your thinking and your mind and you jump in and you try new things and remove fear because there's a lot of fear out there, particularly young amongst young women, of well, what if I do it and I fail? Yeah. You know, um, there's no you only fail if you try. Yeah, so exactly. If you don't try, mm-hmm. how can you succeed? True, so true. Mm. Um, all right, I'm studying marketing, but unsure where the best place to start looking for a job is. So I think we'll just talk not so specifically, but how do you think like the best way? Do you think Seek is the best way to find jobs? Obviously, doing internships is a great way. What do you guys think? Identify the companies you want to work for and go talk to them. Yeah, because often like – you don't find the job and seek, but companies do have positions available. 100%. And if you're a go-getter, like we get like resumes all the time and sometimes ones that stand out, we're like, well, we don't have a job, but this person would be we do the great part of, yep. as part of the team. Mm. So do your research on the company and just shoot them an email or call and find out the best person to email. If somebody put in the effort, obviously it's a bit different with hospitality, but in previous places I've worked at, if they put in the effort – to show like this person knows what we're about. They, I can mm. see their skills. If it's marketing, it's very visual. If they've created a reel or, you know, some content, really show your skill. If that's what you want to do, how are you going to make that company notice you? Yeah, you exactly. can't just say I'm applying on sick. We get hundreds and hundreds of just resumes and cover letters, blah, 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 blah. The first one that looks different that's the one I go, oh, let's have a look at this one. Yeah, exactly. And that's just the most basic level, let alone but, something but for a marketing, marketing job. marketing is so many different streams. Define what your marketing approach is. Are you wanting to do online? Are you wanting to do product? Mm. Are you wanting to do technical? Exactly. What is you're it that content, you're actually yeah. – what's your skill set? Um, before you even start looking for a job, what makes you wake up every day? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people just look for a job. Whether they want, where you've got to define what you want. Another thing that we've noticed with us as well is that there have been some staff members that we've hired that kind of, I guess, I wouldn't say were stalkers of Spin & Co, but when we would run events, they would be there, Mm -hmm. they'd come up and introduce us themselves to us, and so they'd be following us and commenting on our Insta stories, and so when their resume came through, oh, I know that name, that's someone who, like, Mm -hmm. I have recognition of because they've been in my sphere, and whilst that might not work for, like, you know, if you want to work at (laughs) Coca-Cola, that might be a little bit different, Um, but if it's smaller businesses in your local area, area you know if someone wants like come and get coffee every day mm-hmm. and talk to kelly and marie when you see them and network. you know what i mean yeah Just exactly get your network established there's so many business groups on the gold coast that you can join and become part of and be you known. that person would know that person and suddenly you're in a network of people that can help you all right tips to nailing a job interview be authentic which and I think funny. is really hard for people be to funny. do. <laughs> I think people find it hard to be authentic because they're trying to act the way yeah. that you think that employer wants mm. you to be. Whereas why I always say to people that we interview, we have a puzzle and we're looking for a puzzle piece. Mm. It's not a rejection if you're not that puzzle piece. It's yeah. better that we know from the get-go that you're not the right puzzle piece because yeah. your puzzle's somewhere else. <laughs> you have to really be yourself because being fake that's not going to go very far if you get the job. Mm. Yeah. When we hire people, it's always 
like obviously we, we bring in people that seem to have the skills on the resume, but it always comes down to how we have that connection with that person and whether they're going to be like a cultural fit in our team. Absolutely. So if they came in very rigid and like Scared I'm good at this, and, here are my yeah. skills, and not like conversational with us, we wouldn't feel like we got to know them very well. The other thing I think is really important is do research on the company. My pet hate is when you come in mm-hmm. and go like, what do you know about Spinning Co? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and they can name a couple of clients that are clearly obvious on our Instagram mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's Right. And that's really frustrating. If you want to work for this company, do a little bit of work to show that you care. I feel like it's all the basic stuff that people are still missing. Like we get sent um, emails with resumes and it's the entire chain of every other business that they've sent that resume to. So they keep just forwarding it. Or oh, like co- God. We, we've gotten every single cafe they've res- <gasps> you know, the resume's gone but to. But the copy and paste of the cover letter, that's yeah, not even no like... There's no effort. Yeah. So what do you expect? If you have customised, like even today... Yeah, the show notes that you sent us are fully branded, customised, look amazing. It could have been a text message, like mm. if you really wanted it to, yeah. but it's totally on brand. It's everything that represents you, organisation, you know, your branding, your passion. It shows. you want to go into marketing. Yeah. People just need to put in the effort and they really don't recognise what that means. Mm. But I think, yeah, as Kelly said, it's about doing your research, even looking up the staff that work there, what are the clothes they're wearing every day? So you can see that when you go dress for this interview that you're kind of like fitting in with the scheme mm-hmm. of the office and asking questions in the interview oh, I think uh, is so important. We always say, do you have any questions? No. It's like, see ya. What, you well, got nothing? Business, nothing businesses have personalities. Yeah. So is it going to fit with yours? Is exactly. that personality going to gel with your personality? I, I, I really like employees to interview back. Like I yeah. really want to stop this balance of I am assessing you whether you want to be in my business when really as a potential employee, I want to assess the company. Yeah. What is it that you think Mm. that you do for employees that makes your company great? Yeah, exactly. Take some power back almost and say, this is who I am. I really want to know if I'm going to fit in here because here's the things I like. What's your policy? Do you make people feel guilty for leaving on time if they're a clock in, clock out type business? Do you, um, you know, do people stay after work? Do you do staff events or retreats? Like what? Yeah, understanding like, oh, what's the culture of Spinning Co? Can you share a little bit about that? You don't obviously have to ask, like, do you make people feel guilty about clocking and clocking (laughs) out? Do you make lunch? (laughs) I do want to, like, not be too far. Like, don't go in too hard with, like, fully interviewing them because I don't, like, someone like Sam would not respond well to that. So you have to do your research. Yeah, so exactly. So you have to, I think, find that happy medium Mm. where it's like you're just wanting to be a little bit more inquisitive about the business to show that you care and you're interested, but not to the point where it's like, you know, I'm checking if I even want to work. Work here, kind of a vibe. Well, you want to, <laughs> yeah. and also don't share stuff on your social media mm. in a public setting oh, because that's the first thing we look at. You know, someone in a gutter, you, drunk. Yeah, put your stuff on private. Definitely, if you're going it's for the job first interviews. thing that we look at. I can only imagine it's the first thing a lot of businesses look at. Or create a personal brand that you do want open, that you want businesses to see to yeah. showcase yeah, be proud work of what you're doing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Portrait like, photos. I mean, for us, like what they're wearing or they're, if they're swearing or what, we wouldn't really care about that. But there are a lot of like the law firm across the road mm-hmm. from us would 100% care about that kind of thing. So think about like what you're putting out there. We would care if every weekend you're like in the gutter drunk. Mm. That to us wouldn't oh, represent. Like, yeah. I have a job with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have your own business to do that. Like, that's not to say that my staff aren't out there yeah, drunk. Like, you don't of see course. It. But at the time of hiring them, it wasn't on their Instagram, yeah. you know. 
know, so they were hiding yeah. it. Now I know what their true colours are. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's right. You know what? A few weekends ago, Sam had to walk me up to my apartment because I was so drunk. So <laughs> I'm not gonna, that's not what we're saying. Like, it doesn't Best have to impression. be, you know, but it's just about like if they don't know you and have any context of you that's and right. they're comparing you with a hundred other applicants and they see that on your Instagram, mm-hmm. that's just one thing that goes in the negative column that Do you that just when can avoid. Won you over and you're in and, yeah. you know, that, you, that your work has started to speak for itself. Then go and be your, your true self. Show your true colours at the Christmas <laughs> yeah. party. Absolutely. Oh, we've got one of those. Too. <laughs> well, we just had our, like, survivor retreat that we had. And was I, got, some... I got sacked from that job showing my true colours. <laughs> oh, she did. What? She oh, threw a chocolate cake in the oh. boss's wife's face. Oh, my God. Well, Don't hire Marie. Of... That's why she has to have her own business. It wasn't yeah. quite... Her face. It was. She had a very nice linen suit on. Oh gosh, <laughs> makes such Hard a difference. Hard to get chocolate out of linen. <laughs> the mud cake wasn't really appropriate. There's a stain. Fun times. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. I always get overlooked for promotions. How do I stand out? Well, you're getting overlooked, so you're not. Firstly, doing are you applying for the promotions? Out. Like that's another thing that people just sit back and don't say their intention that yeah. I'm interested mm. in this, and they expect their work to speak for themselves. That is not the case. There's a lot of come around and serve me. It's the whole, you know, I'm not getting a job, but I'm not applying for any, and I'm sitting at home as well. Or, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I always looked at people who would were, were doing the tasks of the job they wanted. So rather than sitting there being passive and like, oh, I want to have that job, start doing it. Start actually acting in the way that says, oh, that person's capable of doing that role. I think also when I was in my previous roles um, and I was trying to work my way up the ladder, I would kind of have my bosses knew that that was what I was working mm-hmm. towards because I was having conversations about what skill sets do I need to mm-hmm. grow in to be like going to the next step. If they ever had like courses or leadership courses that they ran or mm-hmm. like things like that, I would always be in them so that everyone knew this girl's a hustler. She's trying to move up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So when the promotions came about, I was the first name they were thinking of. 100%. If I sat back and didn't say anything, just expected my work to speak for itself. No, it, can't. it can't because there's somebody else showing that they want this job above you and then they're going to get chosen because they're going to be front of mind. And I think it's about like putting yourself out there. Even if you don't think that maybe you're not like, I think women especially, they have this statistic that I think it's been a bit disproven to be not exactly right, but the sentiment is still there that like if there's a job and men like meet 50% mm-hmm. of it, they will apply, yes. whereas women have to meet like 80 to 90% mm-hmm. of the cr- criteria to apply for a job. And I've applied for plenty of jobs just to get the experience of mm-hmm. the interview and to get feedback on how I need to grow in order to reach that position because uh, like otherwise, how are you going to know if you're not asking and doing these things? You've got to put yourself out there and try. Mm -hmm. 100%. We have people who put their hand up actively and say, I want to learn how to make coffee next. I've been making smoothies forever. Mm. I want to do coffee, you know, on a very simple level. Um, And then you have the flip side of that, the people that don't want to change. They just want to They're just going to stay there. Fine. That's but what makes when we have happy. 50 employees, we don't go to every employee and say, where are you at? What do you want to learn? Like, it's yeah. not always possible. So we need people to, to feel comfortable to say, hey, I want to learn this. Next yeah. time you're doing a coffee course, I want to learn this. One of our staff who's been here forever said, when you're setting up the Arundel coffee machine from scratch, plumbing, piping, all of that, I want to be there to learn it. We don't go around to every person and say, do you want to come and learn Do you want to learn about plumbing? <laughs> she wants to know how to fully set up a, a, a coffee machine. So she's pestering us for it and yeah. so now we know and we can make that happen so you have to go for it people are too passive 
And if you've done all of those things and you're still getting overlooked, you might need to look at like when you're getting constructive criticism, are you taking it defensively or are you actually yeah. taking it as constructive and building on it? Or potentially maybe that company is not the area that you're going to grow in and you need to reassess that and as well. And there's two paths there. You either say, hey, I really want to, to grow, to go into the next position, to learn these things. What do I need to know? Get the get the constructive criticism or however it comes and yet yeah, take it on board and then say, can I follow this up with you in three months' time or in six months' time? People want the now, yeah. but if you're in it for the long game, then, then go for it. Three months later, hey, do you think we could have that catch up? And don't, you know, I hate being bailed up on the, on the minute, like I need something now. Put, you know, plant the seed. Hey, do you think we could talk next month or two yeah. just to review what's going on? You know, a couple of weeks later, is there a time that I can organise in the next couple of weeks? So we yeah, can, you know, like, do you have time today to talk time. about that like, stuff? No, I don't have yeah, any time. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. We have school-based trainees that don't stay with us because they're like, I've been here for three weeks and I haven't done coffee yet. Like Three weeks is three shifts, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, would you like to cash up next week perhaps? <laughs> you know? Or maybe open. Yeah. Would um, you like to do the time, the like instant, run the show? Yeah. Instant gratification problem that we yeah. have now is that, well, I'm doing a hospitality traineeship. I expect it to be running the show. Yeah. Um, with no skills, no capability. No confidence. No com- well, <laughs> co- a lot of confidence. Confidence is the wrong area. Confidence yeah. in the, in self-confidence, not confidence in doing a job. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah. All right. Next time we're talking a bit more about emotions. So we touched on this with Kelly's episode, but I'd still got a lot of questions on how to deal with imposter syndrome. And for me, it was just like, fake it till you make it. That's just how I did it. Like just had to put myself out there, feel the fear and just (laughs) run into it anyway. That's kind of how I've always worked with like feeling like I'm not good enough, quieting that voice and just doing it anyway. That's what works for me. What about you ladies? I'm not sure that Marie's ever had imposter syndrome. (laughs) Well, you, she just knows who she is and always has. Yeah. What I, a great feeling that must be. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, I, I, I have no fear. And there's it, the minute you have fear and use words, words like I'm overwhelmed, you've lost you've lost your you've moment. Lost control. You That's know. so funny that Kelly and I are both the people who feel the imposter syndrome and we both have business partners who don't even acknowledge the word. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is. But that's good because I see – what Sam's doing, you see mm-hmm. what Marie's doing, and that's used as a source of like mm-hmm. inspiration as well to like have that confidence and like, you know, not everybody's born with it and you do have to sort of build it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Marie and Sam were obviously born with that feeling and that's amazing. Oh, I think I think life creates yeah. it where you, you don't, if you keep trying and some things stick, then it's great. <laughs> and this is the only go round. We don't get another go at it. <laughs> so why waste your time worrying about what the outcome is going to be, like, of course, unless you're going to lose your house or you're going to die or something like that. <laughs> but just, you know, we, we spend so much time thinking of what could go wrong rather than focusing on what could go right. And 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 I do see, um, obviously having my, my daughter's 25, um, I see there's such a level of anxiety now around how will other people perceive me if I'm doing this? Sorry, but I will swear, but fuck them. You know, like, <laughs> who exactly. cares what people think? Because they, they're not actually focused on you. 
They're not thinking about you at all. Yeah, You're I thinking think we, about them. I think we think people think more of us than oh, they actually do. People think mm. very little of we. It's always thinking about themselves. Everyone's thinking about themselves. Yeah. Mm. But worried that everyone else is thinking about them. Yeah, which is I just mean, crazy, when I came to Australia, I'd never heard of the concept of a tall poppy syndrome. Oh. But I soon fitted into it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't care. I mean, whatever. Just... Stay behind if that's where you want to be. The other 99% of the population <laughs> don't have just an abundance of confidence. Um, it's so, it seems so basic, but I kind of can look back now at my biggest fear moments. Everything comes from fear, having to fire mm. somebody, having to step up and say something. The more you do it, the more confident you become. Mm. And I'm not saying that firing anyone is ever enjoyable, but I have the confidence now because I've had to do it so many times because Marie made me do it when I said I don't want to, um, to, to say, this doesn't work for my business. I have the confidence in myself, in my business and what we're trying to achieve to say, this isn't working. Your behaviour doesn't reflect what I need in my business. Um, the more you do the stuff you fear, riding a bike, it was so fearful for everyone when they did it the first time. I'm going to fall off. I'm not going to, you know. But the more you do it, you get comp- – it's that simple. Yeah. Do the things that you're afraid of and you won't become afraid of them so much. It's- and I think that um, comparison is also really hard because you mm-hmm. look at your colleagues or, you know, your family members or your friends or whatever and you think like, oh, these are the skills that they have. I don't have Just those. Don't. And so Just stop. Yeah. And I think also you need to focus on what your – positive skills are mm-hmm. not always all the things that you might be lacking. What skill set do you have that you are really good at? I don't know what the movie is or something, but there's a, a saying it was like it's stuck in my head, feel the fear and go for it. <laughs> yes. That's literally what it is. It As somebody is. who suffers from imposter syndrome, feeling like suffered. 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 suffered suffers on and off. Yeah. Less so You're aware ongoing. of it now is the thing. I'm aware you, like, of it. Walk into it and rather I, than letting it impact I've made you choices in my life to step back from people who made it worse, Mm. even though those people are really hard to step away from. Um, But I have felt so much better for it. And I surround myself with people who say, yeah, you can do it. You got this. You're Mm. doing great. Hype girl. This is amazing. Literally, if people are bringing you down um, and you're feeling, I'm not good enough, then Mm. you've got people around you who are saying you're not good enough. Yeah, toxic. Well, generally they want to keep you there because it makes them feel good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also they can't see like your dream and what you're trying to achieve because that's not what they're thinking about, you know. All right, the next question. How do I keep my emotions out of conversations and stay calm and not upset at work? We've kind of got to toughen up a bit in some aspects of we, we spend a lot of time talking about mental health. Absolutely. But... Also, there's a bar- there's a mm. there's a, a a boundary that we have to get to on that. That you're here to do something, yeah. And I have an expectation of you doing it. I mean, yeah. it, it does sound like a it's hard harsh, line, but yeah. that's a, a, we're running a business. We want our staff to be happy, of course, because mm-hmm. they make all the difference. But we are running a business. It is time and money. And so if you're having a bad day and you can't, I've, I've had staff say, I'm just not feeling a hundred percent today. But you want me to still pay you a hundred percent? I can't pay you 50% of your wage because you're doing sort of half the job. Yeah. So don't come to work in that circumstance. Give someone else the opportunity to take that shift. Um, or if you're – we're also the type of employees that we have lots of conversations with our staff if they are having trouble. Yeah, We've that's got like us. We've got a 
varied um, group of people who are in all kinds of circumstances and backgrounds that we are aware of, we nurture, we're very understanding. Um, we want to support women is our go-to. All staff, we have men in our business as well, yeah. but fundamentally giving women a, a leg up and, and a help. Um, but a structure, yeah. a really professional structure to uh, say this is appropriate, but that's not appropriate. And I think that's what we've got. There's a lot of behaviour that can be sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm crying, I'm emotional. Okay, well, you need to stamp that out yeah. because that doesn't serve you well no. um, long term or, or any term in a professional environment. So, yeah, you might go home and cry. I used to when I worked on the phones at um, Movie World and people would call up and complain and want refunds. I had the worst time because all as a team leader got was refunds and complaints and people, you know, I want a refund on the dolphin adventure because it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah, the dolphins are in the water. They don't mind. Rain. <laughs> um, but like screaming, swearing. And I would go home and cry from just emotional exhaustion of mm. dealing with crap all day. I couldn't do that at work. No. And there was also no support either because that was the job. But had a cry at home, got it all out, had great housemates, went back to work, had to do my job, was there being paid, people relied on me, that's what I needed to do. So you've got to really work your boundary. I think for me, obviously, like not necessarily tough conversations at work, I don't really have any emotions at work because I was, I guess, trained in a male-dominated industry where I was taught to compartmentalise everything when you're having tough conversations. Um, but for me, obviously, I have emotions outside of work that greatly impact my mindset within work, obviously. Mm. You know, for example, just this week, like I found out, you know, my cancer's likely back and every day I have to get up and, sure, I want to cry, but I'm not going to at work. That's not going to be fun for anyone. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are moments where I get phone calls at work from doctors and those emotions happen. Mm. But I try to think of work as an, a way to distract myself from mm -hmm. the shitty stuff going on in my life and a place where I feel powerful and confident and I can leave the emotions mm. at the door, leave mm. the baggage at the door and try and like just escape that sort of stuff. So if it is like a breakup from a boyfriend or a hard time with the family or whatever it is, use work maybe as a way to escape from that and feel like a, a place, place where, yeah, yeah, exactly, that you can be confident and do things that you're enjoying and be creative or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. We had a 15-year-old boy at one time doing the dishes and he was, you know, really upset. I said, what's wrong? He's like, broken up with my girlfriend. And I was like, I'll just cry in the sink then. You'll be right. You know, like, like you can't bring it to work. Yeah. Like can't I can't pay you to cry and break up with your girlfriend. No. You know, are you doing the job? Are you not? Do you need to go home? Yeah. You know. And it's also, yeah, about being honest. Like if you actually like, we, I mean, We've had staff here cry at work, obviously, when we've had tough conversations, those mm. things. It's like, you know, you're talking about like, oh, you've been struggling a bit with this and all of a sudden the water works yeah. up and it's like, I'm having a hard time at home. It's like, okay, now I see what's mm. happening. Empathy. Sometimes it's good mm. to give Absolute your boss com like yeah. context as to what's going mm. on so 100%. you can talk through it and they can support you in a way that is professional but also being aware of you have things going on. We are not, I'm not under the illusion that you're a robot, you're a yeah. robot and so you're not going to be 100% every single day. I get that, but we can make a allowances and understand the context. Whereas if you're bottling it up and you're crying in your corner and not giving anyone any context, yeah. it's like, what the hell is That's going right. on That's here? That's exactly right. It's, mm. I would rather somebody comes in and, and they have and said, my dog's died last yeah. night. I'm it's feeling a bit touching. on edge, but I'm here and I want to be here as a distraction. And mm. I'm just, just letting you know in case I'm a bit quiet today. Yeah, exactly. Totally get it. Give them context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Tips to believing in yourself and backing yourself. 
<laughs> These are just so foreign to Marie. She's like, what do you mean tips? That, isn't that just how you are? Like, I, I, I think once you get that moment and, and Kel's now, I see such a massive change in her getting her moment. Like, who am I? What do I believe in? What am I capable of doing? Actually, I'm capable of doing anything and everything. And I'm able to do that when I'm a mum. I'm able to do that when I'm a friend. I'm able to do that as an employer, as a business person. Um, just it really is it's, it's mindset. Um, so I think for me, like, obviously it's nice to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to focus on all my positives and think about my affirmations and be all that kind of like stuff. That's all great. But I think sometimes like you might truly know that your skill set isn't there. So read a book, listen to a podcast, do a course, upskill yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to learn. I'm listening to podcasts to upskill myself on different like platforms that we're using and I'm, I'm trying to understand how TikTok works. So I'm researching mm -hmm. it rather than just scrolling through it mindlessly. You know, like I'm looking at YouTube videos and how to teach myself how to be better in Excel or whatever it is to kind of like upskill myself or I'm listening, I'm reading books from on marketing from professionals in the area. So I'm, I get my confidence from knowledge. To me, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And so the more I can educate my Myself, and it doesn't have to be necessarily going back to school. That's the last thing I'm going to fucking be doing. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but you can do it. In, there's so many free mm. resources out there now. Mm. If you think it's okay just to sit in a job and you want promotions and you're not upskilling yourself Absolutely. in any way, then you know that's not good enough. You Tomorrow, need to be bettering concreting. yourself. <laughs> She's Did not you joking. YouTube how to do that? <laughs> I, I'm sure there's going to be a YouTube. I'm going to Google rapid set concrete filling in a drain hole. <laughs> <laughs> so for me. The more I feel like I have a grasp on a skill or an idea, the more confident I get from that then. And so then I believe in myself more because I'm like, okay, I do know, you know, thinking critically, I have those skill sets now because I've taught myself that. So think, take out the emotion. The rational thinking is I do know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So that gives me the confidence doing that, I guess. That's one tip I would have. For me, believing in yourself, I as I said earlier, surround myself with people who do. And Marie is a big part of that. We spend a lot of time together. So I am constantly seeing someone who's just going for it. So I have just renovated my house, um, you know, done a kitchen, project managed that, organized all the trades. We've done the pool now that's underway. I would never have done that because I was thought, well, I don't know anything about skills of building or it's just doing it. She said, come over and have a look. I'm going to start the kitchen. So I demolished it. <laughs> she smashed out a wall. I was like, yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, it's just doing it. And I'm now um, have to be the role model for my young daughters. I'm constantly saying to them, go on, give it a go. Do it. Pour that milk into that cup. It's going to go everywhere. Great. But you've got to do it because, you know, next time you do it, you be more careful. Next time you do it, you understand how milk comes out of a, you know, carton. It's the tip to believing in yourself is to just do it because the more you practice, the better you become at it, the more confidence you have. We're going to probably have to do a part two another time, but I want to quickly do like a mother question because it's not something I can answer on my own. Um, I got a lot of questions about getting back into the workplace after having kids, mum guilt, all of that kind of stuff. So um, what, what are your views on trying to get that balance of like, should I get back into the workplace? Should I be at home with my kids? All of that kind of like mum guilt vibe. I know that's a very broad question, but like, give me some opinions. I, I, I think I even mentioned last time I was on, I just made the decision to not have mum guilt anymore because I had it. 
majorly, already had a two and a half year old. Then I had a newborn and was at the cafe. Um, and then it just got to a point, Roxy Jasenko, when I asked her, how do you deal with, you know, having kids and working so much? I just decided to not feel guilty. And it was just a light bulb moment. I was like, oh, and <laughs> it was just that for me, that simple. And I didn't realize I just decided I'm not going to have mum guilt because I love working. It makes me happy. Therefore, I'm happy for the kids. What we do, what we achieve, the success of the business affords the kids the life that we have. I'm not having guilt. That was it. Right. I was the income earner. So you couldn't have the guilt because you had to go to work. And also, I wasn't very good with little babies. (laughs) (laughs) Other people were so much better at it than me. (laughs) And um, I... I enjoyed my kids when I wasn't mm-hmm. being a mum all the time because I couldn't. I just didn't have that mindset. I didn't know how to do the whole, let's do some craft. Yeah. No, craft to me means can't remember a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> lots of craft. <laughs> I get lots of craft these days, particularly after margaritas with her. Um, but, yeah, I I looked at it and thought, well, what What's what is point? my skill set? <laughs> my skill set is being able to pay the bills and, and go out and be kind of successful. And um, so, I, yeah, I was very much like Kel and I went straight back to work. And, and now my kids are 25 and 19 and very happy and adjusted. And, and, and we put so much thought into these little tiny humans that don't even know where they are. <laughs> the My whole kids part have a much day. better time at kindy <laughs> yeah. than they do at home with me trying to balance. Like I, I really don't like that whole work-life balance. It's not a balance, it's a juggle. And you pick things up that you need to and you put mm. things down when you need to. Um, yeah, I mean I see, so, so I remember so many of my friends taking their, you know, one-year-old or two-year-old to Disney World <laughs> flying these children to have experiences. Do you remember being one? No. I barely even remember last year. Never mind a baby remembering. No. And nothing happened. Like you don't have any memory at that point. So And the expectation is so high and the pressure and it's like that with everything. There's so much pressure, but we put it on ourselves. So the sooner that we can learn to put it down, Mm. put down the guilt, choose. Actively choose. I want to work. I want to stay home and not work. So if I don't work, what do I have to do? I need my partner perhaps to earn more or I need to find somebody who can help me or a a job that I can work from home. Do I need to start my own business? Um, Don't recommend. No. (laughs) Very much more work. But um, we have to choose. We, We can choose. That's the best part about living in Australia. We can choose um, what we want to do. So it doesn't mean the choice is easy or the um, outcome of the choice is easy because going back to work for a lot of women is such a hard choice. So you can try it and if it doesn't work, stop doing it. Choose again. (laughs) But it's also, I think, good. I don't know anything about it, but I would assume that as a child, seeing your mum happy with her life and not miserable at home, if that's not what you want to do, um, then that would be like better for the kid, especially I'm like that. yeah, especially My your kids, kids seeing I you enjoy the weekends where I'm now we don't have to be physically working during the day at the cafe, physically there with the kids, having much more fun. I do school drop off, school pick up. I'm in such a better mindset. That's the choice. I don't have to, you know. And and again, if that changed, 
I would make a different choice if I wanted to do something different. All right. We have to kind of wrap it up there. We've got a couple of segments, so we'll move on to those and we'll probably have to do a part two because we didn't get through most of the questions. Um, All right. What is the one takeaway you want a woman listening to this episode today? She's working in a job. Um, What is the one takeaway you want her to have from listening to today's episode? Marie? Be true to yourself. Um, If it doesn't feel right, change it. If somebody is saying things to you that you don't feel comfortable with, tell them and Jobs are just a job. If it's a job and you don't like it, find another one. Be happy. And make sure that everything you do brings you some kind of joy. Kelly? I'm going to reiterate my feel the fear and go for it. That's how you get over fear. Um, And choose a choice. I choose Choose my choice. choice. Love that. Marie, we're just going to ask you because Kelly's already answered this question on a previous podcast, but what gets you fired up? Laziness. Oh, <laughs> laziness. I'm not good with lazy people. I'm not good with people that go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it in a minute. Yeah, I'm just tired. <laughs> oh, I'm not it. good on, I'm not good with tired. You know? I, even like, you can't come and say, oh, I don't feel like I've got my period. And it's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, have a coffee. Yeah, let's it's just go. part of it. We've got the, shit to do. Yeah. That's it. Try menopause. Yeah. It's even better. I know. She's <laughs> really looking me. forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we have the rapid fire question, which is a random question that Kelly will choose and read and we're all going to answer it. So what is the question? Kelly. What was your first job? What was your first job? Um, It was in like a Wendy's style milkshake bar. So that's why I'm so passionate about smoothies and juices and ice creams. (laughs) So it's just what I did from the age of 14. Loved it. Marie? I worked in the beach shack at Portreath Beach making really, really bad donuts and Nescafe coffee, (laughs) which was an acceptable English thing. But yes, in sort of hospitality at the age of 13. My first job, like money-wise, was a waitress at the local golf club. Um, but if I'm looking at like I had to be at a certain place and rock up because I was doing like a traineeship kind of vibe, I was a golf coach to like little kids when I was a teenager. I didn't get paid to that, but it was a requirement of things that I had to do. So it felt like a job that I was doing. All right. Finally, we're going to end on Marie. What is your attitude of gratitude? Well, I'm very thankful for everything that's happened in my life, even though some of it's been a train wreck. Um, I never regret anything, never have a regret. And I feel so happy that I always look at the positive side of everything in life. And I'm surrounded by my best friend. I get to work with her every single day. My daughter works for the business. We get to change people's lives, don't we? We really get to change people's lives by just having good attitudes. I love that. I also want to kind of acknowledge as well that this week, obviously, there's a whole lot of stuff happening in Afghanistan and seeing what the women over there, you know, especially are probably going to go through in the coming weeks and years now um, and the freedoms that will be taken away from them and how we're able to sit here and have a conversation about how do we get confident to speak in a room full Mm. of men, how that is just like a privilege for us to be able to have compared to what they're going to have. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me of that quote, which is actually part of why the crown is in my podcast. It's from Maya Angelou where it says, your crown has been bought and paid for, so put it on your head. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me that it's like women have fought for us to get to this place in 
in business. So fucking go in there and take it because other women have fought so hard to get us to this place, get us the right to vote, get us to be able to be CEOs. Yeah, (laughs) to get all of those rights. So like go in there and take it because people have worked hard to get up to where we are. And like it's now our job to like keep taking it further. Um, All right, we're going to finish with the thought of the week. Um, And this week's quote comes from Sheryl Sandberg. Next time you're about to call a little girl bossy, say instead she has executive leadership skills. All right, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Thank you for dropping by, ladies. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back next week with a new app. But in the meantime, remember to protect the skin you're in and follow me on Instagram at Courtney Mangan and at She Was The Fire. Subscribe and share. Bye.